Howdy folks, I want to welcome you to another episode of Life Around the Fire. My name is David Hutari and I'll be your host today. We are a podcast that is devoted to spiritual growth. And when I'm talking about spiritual growth, what I'm referring to is growth in our relationship with God and in our relationships with one another. What I'd like to do today in this episode is kind of clue you in on something that I think it's pretty cool, and I'm a kind of a history buff, and also I like archaeology, history, things that deal with the past, because sometimes when we look at things in the past, we can learn about the things that are successful, powerful, and that lead to or provide insight into where we've come from, but also we can learn from some of the mistakes so we don't have to repeat them, hopefully. But I recently heard that they found the actual manger where Jesus was born. And they gave it a name. And the name of the manger is David Arvi Hutari. <laughs> Funny Right? Funny thing. They put my name on it because Jesus was born in a manger. Funny thing. He was born again in a manger. I guess I should have put it better that way. They found where Jesus was born again, and that was in me. Isn't that true? That when we were first found by Jesus. We didn't really find him. When he first found us, the condition that we were found in, man, it was like a manger, dude. <laughs> I don't know about you, but me, it was a definite manger. And so, during this particular season, the Christmas holiday season, really around the world, regardless if it's December 25th or starting December 2018, 12, it really doesn't matter when it's that season. Well, yeah, Jesus was literally born in a manger, but also our lives prior to him being born in us, prior to God putting his seed in us, causing us to be born again of a divine nature, his nature, his gift coming through Jesus, powerful, man. We 
were just that, just a manger. Kind of a place where what happens in the manger, that was what was happening in us. So, thank God he's willing to be born in places that typically people wouldn't even think of having something precious being born in. However, God finds value where people don't. So, what <laughs> what I really like to cover in today's episode is the ongoing theme and it's become a theme of Jesus saying in Matthew chapter 5 it's recorded in the Gospel of Matthew the first gospel in the New Testament Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 It's an outline of a sermon that Jesus gave, and it's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's because he gave it on the side of a large hill or a mountain, and it served as kind of an amphitheater because there were hundreds and thousands of people from all around Judea, Samaria, the places beyond the Jordan. People were coming to follow Jesus because they both heard and saw what the kingdom of God was really like, and what God was really like. Jesus was portraying exactly what God looked like because he was the exact representation of our Heavenly Father, of God the Father. So, people were seeing, and it had been like 400 years since anyone had heard or seen or felt the presence or word of the Lord in a real, tangible, identifiable way. And so there's both John the Baptist and Jesus, but Jesus the Messiah, literally God the Son, the sinless one, was on the earth and people were coming from miles, literally, literally walking for hours and days to come to hear and to see and to be touched by and to feel God's presence because It was tangible. It was oozing from Jesus, just like it's designed to ooze from us. And that's where we're headed in this particular episode, is that God has co-missioned us. He wants to do things together with us, not just for us. He wants to do things in us and through us. It's the difference between us saying, God, if it is your will, would you please do this? And we pray in Jesus' name. That's all well and fine, but that's much like a child asking its parent to do something for them. When Jesus said himself very clearly, he said, for us, for his disciples, he said, heal the sick, not ask the Father to heal them, even though we know that it's God that will do that, it's God wants to partner with us like a grown-up child becomes capable of working together with their parent in the family business, so to speak. Well, the family business of God is the kingdom of God. And so we get to work or be involved in the kingdom of God, its affairs, the will of God, things that please God, what God's what what he decrees, what he declares, what he wants, we get to be part of. And so Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, gives us a clue as to how that takes place. And he said, blessed, 
meaning fortunate, incredibly fortunate. You're, you're incredibly fortunate. And actually, kind of the talk of the town, the envy of everyone. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, just stopping on that alone, blessed, again, that word blessed, that extremely fortunate, not, well, it's kind of nice that they got this because they're a little bit better than the other folks. They're kind of better off, you know. They got a little self-help program going on. God's kind of a tag on. God is not a tag on. He's not something that we add on to our lives to make life better. We are called and chosen to become like him, to carry his nature, his divine nature, together with our life in him called eternal life, we become co-mission. We are in it together. And as we grow, he wants to do things with us like he did with his son, Jesus. Jesus being the example. Jesus being the true pure in heart. Now that word pure we looked at blessed, right? Blessed, fortunate to be envied, just wildly privileged, extremely privileged, not entitled, but privileged. You, you, you don't have to think that you can or you need to be entitled. You are over the top provided for. Blessed. Pure. That word pure literally means to have no alloys or ulterior motives or mixed motives inside. It is pure, like pure gold can be so pure, it's actually translucent. You can see through it. It's solid, but you can see through it. Like glass, but better. Glass is solid, but you can see through it. Gold is solid, but when it's really pure, you can see through it. It's solid. Funny thing also, gold doesn't talk much. It just is. And sometimes we don't have to talk too much to prove something. We just are. And also, sometimes gold is strong and it can be stable in an environment where there's instability. Also, it's beautiful. And it can provide beauty also, it can support things, and if need be, it can challenge things. Gold is likened unto our heart, and it's purified. It's a process. But Jesus said those who have a pure heart, and heart means the center or the seat of everything that comes from us, the seat, the center of our being, the center of our emotions, the place in which it is a wellspring. It's the place from our spirit, our heart, our belly, our insides, our center. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see, not only perceive, but see God. And what happens when you see God? There are some things that die. And there are some things that live. And some things become a point of literal 
attraction and a beholding takes place. A transfixed, you can't keep your eyes off of this. God is so enthralling, we can't keep our eyes off of him. And what we behold, we become like. That's a truth. What we behold, we become like. If you dwell on things that are perverted, you will become a pervert. If you dwell on being stinking rich materially, you'll become stinking rich materially. <laughs> we become like what we behold. And if God is what we behold, we become like him. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And in seeing him, we become like him. We become transfixed by him. His glory, his beauty, his wonder, his power, his might, his eternal goodness, strength, truth, honor, wisdom. We become transfixed. We look, we can't help but behold him because we can see him because there's nothing in front of us to prevent that from happening because we're pure. Praise God. Now, as we are growing in that, and that's a process, we are made pure in Jesus, so we are already pure, but the process of becoming pure is that sanctifying or that process, that transforming power that we are going through. And that happens oftentimes in stages, in a process. And each time we enter into that process, we enter into something that's like an unto a fire. It could be a trial, it could be a test, it could be difficulties, oftentimes there's difficulties, things that press in on us. That's a refiner's fire. That's intentional. That's to purify our heart so that ultimately we can see God and participate in his divine nature. Not just observe him, but then function like him. Like Jesus said, heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse the lepers, bring sight to the blind, deliver those who are oppressed. He didn't say, ask God to do it and then watch him do it. Or if it is your will, please do it, God. He said for us to do it. We know that he's the one who does it. God's the one who does it. We can't, but with him, we can. Together, we can. It's like this. It's like asking God this question, God, what are we doing in this situation? What do you want us to do? And include yourself in it versus, God, what do you want to do? And I'll stand back and watch. And sometimes God is like this. You do it and I'll stand back and watch. I'll back you up, but I want to watch you do it like a good parent does. Any good parent will tell you that we are as parents designed to help our kids grow up and get out. <laughs> Not grow up and stay there. Grow up and get out. Grow up and get out and see the world. Grow up and do something. Grow up and do something. Be something. Just don't sit in your room and play video games and eat chips. Don't do that. Grow up and get out. Grow up and get out. Spiritually speaking, grow up and do the stuff. 
grow up and do the stuff. It's all right to ask God. Of course it is. God, please help. But there comes a time, pure in heart, beholding God, becoming like God, doing things with him. Jesus said he only did, he only did what he saw his father doing. That meant they were doing it together. It wasn't him saying, I watched my father do it, and then I talk about it. He said that he only did and only said what he saw the father doing and saying. And then he said for us to do the same. And then he gave us a co-mission and empowered us with his spirit so that we can do it. It's not as though he left us orphans and said, figure it out, kids. I'm out of here. He said, I'm leaving and I'm sending the comforter to come, the teacher to come. I'm sending someone in my name so that there can be many of me across the nations, many like me with my life in them. And now we have the opportunity to do it together with the Father like Jesus did. Praise God, that's the word. That's the revelation. And we need to teach one another how to do that. Encourage one another to be that. To grow up and get out. Not just grow up and watch more. Or grow up and get more knowledge so that we can say we know it. But we're not living it. We don't know it until we're living it. We don't know what we've learned until we're actually living it. It has to go from our head to our heart to our feet. From our head to our heart to our feet. From our head to our heart to our feet. Until it's in our feet, until we're doing it, we haven't learned it. And then we get to experience the testing of that to see what we're really made out of. And then after that, we get to live out what we're really made out of until we reach the place of perfection. And then guess what? We are living eternally new. Praise God. Eternity is the cornerstone of all logic, all reason, all effort. It keeps us thinking about things long-term, not just short-term. And not just looking at short-term circumstances. We can see things long-term, eternally. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Let's pray. <laughs> ah, Father. God. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives, what you have done, what you want to do in us and through us. Lord, what are we doing today? What do you want us to do today? I'm so looking forward to seeing how this day unfolds, God, really. And I know that I'm praying it with other people. And I know that other people are listening, but I'm speaking directly to you. God, have your way in me, to me, through me. Show me who you are in my heart. Thank you for revealing who you are to me. And so I can see you more and more and more and more and become more and more and more like you. And others can do the same. Let this be daily bread, the food that someone would eat today that it would be a point of encouragement, a point of revelation, and a point of application, God. I thank you for that, Father, and I pray these things standing here just like Jesus, and I'm using his name 
And I'm saying, amen, 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 so be it. Amen. All right, folks, I love you. I hope that you're having a real enjoyable time in your relationship with God and with one another. And even when it's hard, and I, I guess I'm going to sort of say, especially when it's hard, because it's hard sometimes, and yet to have eternal perspective shows us that the hard stuff doesn't last forever, but in fact, it's useful for eternal purposes. Without eternity, none of this makes sense. Without the resurrection, there is no hope. With the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the ascension of Jesus, we are securely provided for and our destiny is assured. Praise God. And so, if you have really any thoughts, questions, concerns, drop us a line at lifearoundthefire at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. In the meantime, God bless you. Adios, amigos.